All right, Cynthia just celebrated 20 years of sobriety. And out of that, she has created Recovery Chick, Recovery Chick Fitness, Recovery Chick uh, Sober Living Home called Judy's House. Her husband, Anthony, has a fishing company called Hook South, and they reel in the big fish. But together, they reel in the big fish for the kingdom of God with a ministry on Saturday nights called The R. Come on, let's do a background check on the quarters. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum. And this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Background Check. I'm your host, J. Dan Gum. I'm also the founder of Forgiven Felons, and that's what... Uh, background Check is brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. If you want to know more about Forgiven Felons and what we do and where, we, where we're going, who we are, who we serve, who we want to serve, go to ForgivenFelons.org. You can see what we do now with the two transitional houses, but you can check on the uh, current plans to see who we want to serve. We need, a, we need a big building, and if you have a building and you want to help us out, we got, we got resources to, to fill that building with vocational training and all kinds of stuff, food, clothes, hygiene for men and women coming out of prison, classes, financial literacy classes, vocational classes, everything. So go to ForgivenFelons.org. You can also uh, watch the podcast. I mean, listen to the podcast from our website. You can also check out to see how to watch the uh, documentary from there, which is on Roku TV. So Background check podcast. What are we? What are we? Why are we doing this? You know, we're 23 episodes in and we're having fun, but we're also telling stories of Jesus through all these people, you know, and, and uh, not everyone that comes on the show has a Jesus story, but they all are going to have some sort of comeback story or they are involved in helping others in their comeback stories. All right. So we've had judges on, we've had CEOs, we've had uh, parole lawyers. And today we have a legit kingdom power couple. I don't say that too often about a couple, but Anthony and Cynthia are doing amazing things for God. Their individual stories before they met each other are incredible. Their comeback stories are filled with just some kind of some dark places, but then also you see it just be transformed into, into light, and it's incredible. But once they got married and merged their testimonies, oh, my goodness. So, I mean, she is she's branded herself as a recovery chick and has a recovery ministry, a recovery home, a recovery fitness. Recovery chick is her brand, and it's, it's incredible. She's also a realtor. He's a fisherman, has his own fishing guide company called Hook South. He's a professional sound man. They do it all, and they're amazing, and they, they, they catch the big fish on Saturday nights. 
uh, at, at a little organ. It's called the R, and it's a recovery group. But it's more than just a recovery group. It's a, it's a, it's about Jesus, and they have musicians come, great hip hop artists, and, and they have guests speak down there. I was down there with them. But this is going to be a great episode. You're going to have fun. You're going to cry. You may laugh a little bit. But in the end, you're going to hear a story about Jesus and how his grace, mercy, love, and redemption filled the lives of Anthony and Cynthia Quarter. So let's get to it. Anthony and Cynthia, welcome to Background Check Podcast. So good to have you guys on the show. I really honestly, it took me a long time to ask you because, you know, y'all live far away. But I think when you asked me to come share at the R, yeah. um, that's when I was like, all right, this is my time to get him on the podcast. Because so I don't like doing Zoom meetings. I like doing face-to-face. Yeah. So okay. thank you for letting, letting me do this with you guys. And uh, I, I can't wait to share your, hear your story. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard mostly yours. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard yours. And I'm excited. Yeah, but, it's um, fun. But I can't wait to hear y'all talk about what God yeah. has done in your life together and even before you met each other, you know. And what so, he's going to do. And what he's going to do. That's, I mean, that, that's what I'm really excited about. The anticipation about, right? of, of where he's taken you guys, which I label y'all a kingdom power couple. Yeah. Uh, you know, y'all are a couple that the devil gets really mm. pissed at. He and does. So, <laughs> and so anyway, so titles. First of all, what do you do for a living? Then we'll get into your stories. What, what do you do for a living? Well, as of uh, today, I'm a fishing captain. That's nice, what I do. So nice. I take people out. I'm a guide. I like to say that I also guide people through life. There you go. You know, That's and uh, the ministry that I do out on the boat, Jaden, is uh, if you would have told me <laughs> 10 years ago, okay, that I would be guiding people on a fishing boat and talking about Jesus, uh, I would have told you. You're crazy, no laughing, <laughs> laughing. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing right now, and of course you're at the R, and we're, we're, yeah. we're kicking that off, and uh, you know that's just to reach people for Jesus, man. That's, and you do sound too, but uh, yeah, COVID has kind of slowed yeah. that down. I get it, but yeah. that's you know if anybody has a meeting, a uh, concert coming up, and they need a good sound man. Yeah, we we do man. that, you know. But what the devil tried to use there. Yeah. And I'll do that a little bit more in my story, but uh, now I use all that stuff that uh, I learned yeah. and I do it for yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's so good. So good. <laughs> Cynthia, you wear several hats. I do. Tell yeah. us real quick all those hats. Yeah, well, I am a, uh, a minister first and foremost. I was in the ministry for full time ministry for a very long time, and I'm uh, doing that more as a passion project at this point, uh, but I am a realtor, uh, which is a testimony and a miracle in itself that the state of Texas uh, yeah. allowed me yeah. to be a realtor. Um, I tried, I started the process and they shot me down really quick. Oh, so I, just, yeah. I was like, you well. know what? All right, I can do something else. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hoops to jump through to become a realtor and they deem me uh, morally satisfactory. And so That's I so take awesome. that as, as just an honor so i am a realtor and i'm also a uh, personal trainer i, I love I like the name of, of your realtor company yeah or what you go the, by yeah the Te- texas yeah, property that's chicks. awesome yeah. that's awesome because you you like the word chick because you uh-huh. also call yourself the uh, or your uh, recovery Ministry. brand is the uh, recovery mm-hmm. chick yeah so i love that that's awesome yeah and my personal training is recovery chick fitness so amazing you know what a good brand <laughs> what a good brand what a good uh good way to uh market yourself so uh yeah. all right it wasn't always this way right there's a story behind both of y'all mm-hmm. and that's what we want to hear today you know what 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 right. happened to you where have you yeah. been and what has god done in your life to change your whole direction to where you are right. now so right. give us a little backstory 
Yeah, well, um, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and actually where all the riots and everything yeah. are going on. That's you're my not there now, huh? right. <laughs> yeah, but you know where darkness abounds, how much more does grace abound? And I got saved right there um, in the Justice Center downtown Portland. Wow. So I know that God's up to something there because if I could get saved, boy, oh boy, anybody can. Yeah. Because yeah. I really don't know how I made it out, and I wasn't supposed to to be there. Uh, Jay Dan, I was, I had dreams of being an attorney. That wow. was my passion. I wanted to be a counselor or something, straight A student. And it wasn't, uh, it didn't pan out for me because I met my first love at the age of 15. Mm. And uh, my first love wasn't a man. My first love was crystal meth. Wow. And one party, one line, it's all it took. And for 365 days a year for the next 15 years, wow. that drug became my God. And, you know, it took me places where I never thought I would go. You know, that's just the sinister thing about drugs is it promises everything, but it takes, it takes everything. Yeah. You yeah. know? So now how, how are you introduced to it? Friends, uh, peer pressure? Yeah, well, it was just a, at a party. Friends okay. at a party, they just, you know, offered me a line. And, you know, I didn't really know what it was. You know, well, I knew actually what it, I knew to stay away from it from right. the after school special, if you can believe that. <laughs> yeah, an after school special. So I would tell people I'll do anything but that because I was 15, right. you know, but I ended up doing it. And I think God was probably trying to protect me way before that but you know i was a high school student and so i dropped out i was i moved out of my mom's house in within a year and i was you know learning my new business of becoming a a drug dealer at the age of 16. Wow. And, and it wasn't just some kind of joke so you weren't dealer. using you were dealing both, i mean both you were both. Doing both yeah and it wasn't just some kind of joke like i was it was my main wow. it was my main income source and I was, you know, running with some pretty heavy hitters at a very young age. And I don't know that they knew how young I was, but I uh, had a, you know, I got connected with a guy, you know, now they would call it, you know, human trafficking because he was a grown yeah. man and I was a kid, but it was just normal to me. Right. You know, he was, um, he was the dealer on the weed side and then I was dealing the, the meth and, you know, it was, it was my livelihood for a very long time and I was... I was fine with it, you know, until it, you know, the occupational hazards started happening. <laughs> There's <laughs> and, quite a few with those yeah, before that, yeah. that industry. Yeah, and because I was a kid, it was just a slap on the hand the first couple times. But, you know, after all my my boyfriends ended up in federal prison somewhere in California, you know, I was the one that was going to take the rap. Hmm. And so um, around, you know, the, my 20s, I started going in and out of jail, getting getting arrested. What was your childhood like? Did you grow up in church? Was you, I mean, did you have, were you raised by a single mom, broken home, blend? I mean, yeah, what was your childhood Yeah, well, a little like? bit of everything. So I, my mom, I love my precious mom. Her name's Patty, and she's the one that gave birth to me. Now, she was, you know, her and my dad were married, and she had her own, you know, problem with a addictions alcohol she didn't think she was worthy of having me and my sister mm. and so she took us over to my dad's house on my first birthday and she was just going to live it up you know and she never ended up getting me back mm. yeah she figured you know she just left us there and so that babysitter uh the my dad's new girlfriend she ended up adopting us her name was judy and she raised me you know all my life so yeah my dad he was he was gone he was in and out of prison so you know, there's a generational curse there. Yeah. Now now I see that. Yeah. Like, I had never even met him, and that curse was on my life. And I like to say it like this. It ran in my family till it ran into me. There you go. I love it. 
We we I just uh, on another podcast we interviewed a couple ladies that run a, a recovery center, and that's what I asked them. I said yeah. I said is addiction generational, and yeah. uh, they got great answers. And so, but I love the way yeah. you said it. It, yeah. it runs in our family until it ran into me. That's right, it does. Because uh, any generation can stop it. So fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when did you run into Jesus? Yeah, well, uh, 29, I walked into jail, county jail, and they were tired of me. If I would have done this nonsense in Texas, they would have locked me up and thrown away the key 5 to 99 long yeah. before they did in Oregon. They're a little more Portland liberal. seems to be a little more lenient the <laughs> yeah. way things are going right now. It's <laughs> They don't seem to care about enforcing too many things. I mean, my goodness. And it was the Lord who had a call in my life. Now, I gave my, my heart to the Lord at a, at a camp. When I was young, like yeah. I went to a Bible camp with a neighbor, with a little friend, you know, and I got radically saved, but there was nobody in my life to, you know, share the discipleship piece right. with me, to share the Lord with me. And Help so, cultivate the, the yeah, relationship. Yeah, I was a kid. Yeah. I was a kid. And so uh, at the age of 29, um, I got arrested and it was, it was done. The judge looked at me and said, you're not getting out. You're going to going to prison and so no bail hold saved my life because I would always bail out I would yeah, always just yeah. I would think it was a joke it was a joke because I, w- I believed I was bulletproof you know and in and out in and out I had 23 driving while suspended a habitual offender 23 23 I would literally rip up my tickets as soon as like I had judges point at me and tell me you would you will never drive again I was a felony it was a, and I'm not bragging don't get me wrong I mean I was lawless I was lost wow. I was rebellious yeah, yeah, yeah. and I it was a felony for me to wake up in the morning because the first thing I did was do dope that's a yeah. felony yeah, right yeah. and I would uh, rip up tickets after I would get pulled over and I was like if they would just quit harassing me you know I would <laughs> everything would be I, okay I know I know they just you know, just insane stories. And that last time the judge looked at me and said, you know what, you're a lost cause. You're never, there's going to be a day where you'll need to drive or something and you will never be able to drive. And so uh, they locked me up and I had four felony charges, um, distribution, manufacturing, possession and delivery of meth, of controlled substance. This time I was the one that was going to take a rap for it. So. But it was good because no bail hold, and I was only in that cell for about a week, and uh, I slept for the first week. That's what you do when you haven't slept in yep. 15 years. Yep. <laughs> right? I was tired. Catch it up. <laughs> right? Yeah, and then I woke up, and, you know, now what? I was stuck like Chuck, and so I had to find a new normal. So when did Jesus become a part of that new normal? Yeah, well, you know, it's a beautiful story. There was a, there was a man who wrote a book, and that book got in my cell, and it was uh, Monty Christensen, he was serving a 40-year prison sentence. Wow. And he wrote a book called 70 Times 7 and Beyond. And he had a, a cool, a cool, you know, it was just a cool cover design. And I was yeah. just trying to read a novel because what are you going to do when you're locked up when you're, you've slept it off? And so I was just reading a book, but it was him and his story of redemption through the power of the cross. And I could relate with him because he was a dope fiend like yeah, me. He was yeah. out there slinging meth just like me. And I was, it was a, an entertaining story, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. But the gospel grabbed hold of my life wow. and my heart. And I read that book five hours straight through. I couldn't even set it down because the Holy Spirit 
was doing something in my life. And something beautiful happens when hope gets planted in a heart. When I read that testimony, that man's story, the gospel of Jesus Christ, hope was planted in my wow. heart. And the moment hope gets planted, hopelessness, yes, despair, depression away. must go. And that's what happened. Light was shining, shone in my dark heart. And um, I got on my knees and I asked Jesus into my heart. And of course, my first prayer was, God, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> We always want him to get us out of there, right, don't we? Yeah. We think that's the problem. We think if they would just leave me alone, quit busting me, if they would just let me, if I could just get a, a new old man, if I could just get a new job, if I could just get a new, you know, if I could just sell it and not use it, or if I could just drink at the bar and not at home. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. When I was in prison, and I would, I would try to talk to other guys that had DWIs or intoxication, manslaughter charges, anything that had to do with alcohol. Yeah. I, and I would ask him, so what's your plan when you get out? And like, well, I'm just not going to drive after i've been drinking yeah wait yeah. a minute wait a minute wait a minute that's your plan is you're just not gonna right i'm sure your plan all, all along was not to drink and drive but right. you still did yeah. so if that's your only plan is to not drive when you drink you're yeah so, i'm just not gonna drive on the highway i'm not gonna drive you know i'm just, it's ridiculous just gonna go to the jack-in-the-box drive through and get 99 cent tacos that's all i'm gonna do yeah, the problem with having that first one, I tell this to the women that I minister to all the time, you know, and actually it's men too. The problem with just having one is the second one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because once you sow the seed. Yeah. Once you open that door. <laughs> once you open that the door, devil that, is that in. It, it, it just, you know, yeah. so. All right. So, uh, Mr. Anthony, mm -hmm. we've heard her story and how she got to Jesus. And then we'll pick up after you tell your story how you got to Jesus. We'll pick up on how y'all pursued Jesus together, how you met. Well, I just got saved all over again by hearing that <laughs> one. So, no, and you know, Jay Dan, we was talking about this the other day, right before I tell my story, is it doesn't matter any man of God that's out there, any woman of God out there, when we're sitting in that seat or in that pew or whatever, and they go to their, tell their testimony, Yep, we're on the edge of our seat. Our story is the most powerful thing that we have that redemption that she was talking about the redemption that you're talking about and it's just it's such a beautiful thing that jesus takes a nobody and turns him into a somebody and it just it, it just it gets me i mean I, I don't know how many times i've heard cynthia you know my wife's testimony yeah. and every time i'm like hey devil well she calls him old slewfoot <laughs> i like that old slewfoot is fixing to get a black eye because yeah. she's going to tell that testimony again and you'll be able to hear it and it's going to change someone's life because they're going to be like man i got hope but as far as me man guys i had a great mom and dad they were incredible parents was raised in christian school only because uh, they thought they could put me in there to make me a better <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a better person, and uh, man, but I always knew God. Uh, you know, I, you know, I said the prayer, I did all these different things. You know, when I was a kid, something really happened that was really crazy. Was my dad was so stinking good at everything that he could do. Like he was number one shotgun shooter in the nation. Wow. I mean, he was. How did that make you feel as a, as a kid? Well, I mean, it <laughs> made you feel. It made you feel awesome that you had that type of yeah. a dad that was so talented. They can shoot but, you from anywhere. <laughs> right, but also there was this thing of not being able to measure up. You know, not being able to measure up to my father. Right. And so for a long time, I took that walk that my heavenly father and my worldly father were the same type of people. You know what I mean? So, anyways, having that in my life with my dad being so good and me the only thing i could do that he couldn't do was play guitar <laughs> so where did i go 
sex, drugs, rock and roll, right? You know, I took that one gift that, you know, which I, I knew I had a lot more of my dad's gifts, but that's what I did because I did it more out of, you know, I'll show you type of a format than, right. than you know. And so that's what I did. I started playing guitar at a young age. I uh, was pretty good at it. You know, started getting in bands. Started. I love music, as y'all know. Everyone around me knows I love music. You know, got involved in music, got involved in those bands. And, and I'll never forget the first time, you know, because I really didn't, I didn't really drink ever because I'll never forget. I was sharing this with you earlier, Jay Dan, about my dad never drank. He, he never did drugs. And we were at one of our family members' house and there was a altercation that took place of someone slapping another person and my and it was because of alcohol yeah. and my dad got up and said that's the reason why there'll never be yeah. alcohol in my house and got us kids and we left and I still remember that yeah. you know and it was something about that that really made me go wow you know I'm not going to do it so I never did really drink but the first time I think I was I don't know maybe 14 or 15 and always heard from God, but this time I didn't listen. And there was one side of me that said, hey, son, don't go in that dope house. I knew all the guys was in there getting high, right? And one side of me said, come on, it's going to be so much fun. And if there's anybody listening right now and you say you don't hear from God, yeah, you do. You hear from him every single minute. It's just the sheep hear his voice and it's, are you going to listen to that? Some people call it conscience, some people, but you always know because the devil's not going to tell you to do anything that's good he's always going to tell you to jump off the cliff and so that led into a lot of just different problems got really involved in music was on the road gone three months home a week touring with uh bands and and doing all that kind of stuff then i fell in love with running sound and uh made a really good career out of that just wound up empty yeah totally empty being on the road without family Without, you know, my mom, my dad, you know, just being this solo guy out there doing what you do. Wound up in Dallas, Texas. Had a heavy hard rock club that I started, and that's where Dimebag Daryl, a lot of those guys, it was in, it was a place called the Texas Billiards. It was in uh, uh, Grand Prairie, yep. Texas. I knew where it was. So, you know, you know where it was, right? <laughs> we might have ran into each Probably other. Probably so. There point. were two other bars on either uh, two other bars on either side of it anyways but uh and i'll never forget man i was doing really good i was making a lot of money because i you know i had all the sound equipment i was booking these bands and they was coming in and and uh and it was just really crazy time in my life you know and well, anyways uh altercation happened where it really freaked me out and it was a band that was very very dark a little altercation happened i was like man i'm getting up and getting out of here you know what i mean so i quit that and then there was a place called country 2000 and it was a, yep. all my D-Town people were like, man, <laughs> this guy's talking to me. <laughs> so I started back in the sound business. Uh, and then I got a job offer. And uh, a certain man, I'm not going to really say too many names, but he owned a lot of the gentlemen's clubs uh, in Dallas. And he hired me to be the sound and light engineer for those particular places. Uh, I really didn't care for them places. That was just, you know, it was my business. And once you go into one of them places during the day and turn the lights on, you're going to run. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I was in there fixing stuff. But the whole time, mom was calling me. My mom, well, she was head of Women's Aglow. She was just an amazing, you know, woman of God. Yeah. And uh, matter of fact, Cynthia has her Bible. And you could tell where she wrote in there and praying, you know, Lord, help my son here. But, but there was a, a time where this night felt a little different. I was feeling a pulling 
of God was pulling me. My mom was calling me and, hey, Anthony, you know, I don't know what you're doing. And I couldn't tell her where I was working, you know, because, you know, that's just. I have a season in my life where I told them I was working for Quest Diagnostics yeah. as a delivery driver, and I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, mom said, Anthony, you really need to, you need to get right with Jesus, boy. And there was a girl, and uh, there was a club, and it was called The Fair. And it was off the of lower Greenville. Greenville Avenue. And so I'm in there working on the lights just during the day. And this girl, she walks in. Something just, I just felt so dirty and just felt so like, uh, you know what I mean? Well, this girl, she walks in, beautiful girl, probably 18 or so. And she said, I just seen that movie Striptease and I think I can do this. And something came over me and it was a different day. And I just felt it. And I said, do you see that waitress over there? And she said, yeah. I said, that's you in three years. I said, don't let that door hit you. And get on out of here my house because i was doing really good financially money and stuff my house was the house that everybody came to party right and so i had a lot of uh i really wasn't into cocaine you know it was just one of the things that we had at the house and everybody would party and do it and well this night was different um no one showed up and i had a lot of it <laughs> and i started feeling really depressed about my lifestyle about where i went in life and oh my gosh you know i took this this hard left turn and it's just not working out and so I started doing it. well the next thing you know long story short I was in an ambulance that night I got to see hell hmm. and so I'm not saying once saved always saved I'm not preaching that to anybody today but for me that when I the little thing that I said as a boy and where the the route in the road that I was going down at that current time in my life I was going away from the place that I should have been going let me just put it that way. And it was the most, everybody's like, well, what was it like? Was it gnashing the teeth? Or, it was the emptiness of the removal of the presence of God. Mm. And it was a deep, deep, dark yeah. place. And you could tell you were going away from the place uh, they go. And I haven't shared this with a lot, but I think there's someone out there today, and you, and you need to hear this yeah. because it, it's, it's truth. And it was truth that set me free. And, and that day, I woke up with a guy in an lamp saying, Jesus, save him, Jesus, save him. Crazy part of the story, I went home that night, and I got on my knees, and I asked Jesus into my heart, rededicated. I never touched any hard drugs like that. Now, I might have spoke a pound of weed after that. <laughs> but that's where I come into the thing that... <laughs> Some people are a banana, and you take three pillings off, and then you become an onion, and I'm still an onion today, right? <laughs> but that was a part of my life that, you know, was so real, and it was just, there's nothing that another preacher or anybody couldn't tell me today that I do know without a shadow of a doubt that there is a God, and he loves us, and there is a heaven, and there is a hell, and I know there's not a lot of people out there preaching it, but Jesus preached a lot about it. And it was real for me, and uh, it's something that, uh, you know, you might want to just think about, yeah. you know. So just kind of wrap this up. Started doing good. Just kind of got back into the bars, doing a little bit of sound. Wound up in a place called Wrestlers. It used to be Lee Silver Fox yep. <laughs> in Terrell, Texas. And uh, so I was DJing and doing the sound for them, and uh, I'll never forget I think it was David Allen Coe. He really made me mad one day because he was very superstitious. He didn't like any, which I got another funny story about that. I'll have to come <laughs> tell you about that. But anyways, that's when the only Imagine song came out. And I'll never forget, I got on that microphone in front of all them people. And I said, hey, everybody, y'all see this little cokehead pothead? I just gave my life to Jesus Christ. Y'all listen to this song. And I turned that song up as loud as it go. <laughs> and I locked that DJ door and I walked out of that place. And uh, 
John Durain, if you're listening, buddy, come to Jesus. All you guys out there, y'all told me that I wouldn't make it. But I'm here to tell you, I'm still serving Jesus. Amen. And I haven't turned back from that day. Amen. But all the haters said, oh, it's just a phase. It's just something that you're going through. Here it is. How many years now? Been since 92. Hmm. Wow. I'm clean. Praise the Lord. Amen. And it's an honor to sit here and listen to that, man. Because I'm telling you, I've been working with you for a long time, Anthony. And I, I have never heard your testimony. It's amazing what God has done in your life. I went through some of the same things that, that you just talked about right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Um, when I got out of prison, people didn't know. I mean, there was literally people in the church that were like, oh, he'll be drinking again in a year. He's, this is the way he is. He, he gets saved, does, a, does good for a little while, and then goes back and parties for a little while, then comes back, and then goes and back to party. And that's just J. Dan. He, that's the way he's going to always be. And so to hear that ending of... That, that part of your story it's not the end it was the beginning but well, um, you know it's it's one of those things that a lot of people when i tell certain stories the reason why i don't share a lot of my testimony the reason why i drop names in there and i drop places in there is because they'd be like no one can make this up right right okay i mean and, and people knew that and and you know getting to lead gary stewart to the lord wow. at the crystal chandelier yeah. chandelier man in 2001 i used to live in the above in the apartment above the crystal cafe so you know whenever yes, i yes, said that name yes, yes. oh my god i know exactly so what you're talking you know, about yep. you're like this guy is not uh, yeah. yeah hey larry just let you know you yep. don't in there too buddy yep. no but you know and that's the thing is a lot of times you know coming from these different things that we're talking right now and there's someone listening these are not things that we're proud of right these are things that we walk through so we could absolutely just tell someone else to say I mean, Cynthia's testimony, I mean, I sit back and I listen to, I don't know what that's even like, like, because I had mom and I had dad. Right. Yeah. You know, I had that backbone, that support. And even through all those different things that I had that support, I still got it wrong. You know what I mean? But thank God that uh, we all are sitting at this table. Mm. Yeah. And it's 2020, and we got it right. You know what I mean? Sometimes, some days I do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so man, powerful stories of redemption, salvation. Now, I mean, you're two individuals that are serving the Lord, and how did y'all meet? How has God taken your past and leveraged that as a way to advance the kingdom through testimony, not only of your individual stories, but your 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 couple stories? So, how how did well, y'all meet? Who, I mean, who knows it better? And then I mean, who- I, I'll, I'll, I'll say because I think that for me, and I'll let Cynthia talk, I'll let Cynthia talk about some of the other stuff. But for me, I had pastor on staff, did Club Smack, um, you know, all that stuff, Jaden, you know, that now is the R. But I mean, you know, that was just, you know, something we really don't have to touch base on. But when I met Cynthia, I was in a broken place. I'll never forget. I pulled up outside of this church because. Back then, we had a thing called MySpace. Is that correct? <laughs> was it MySpace? Yeah, it was MySpace. Yeah, uh, not FaceSpace, but MySpace. No. So I was playing in a Christian rock band, WWC. We had mutual friends, so I would share events with her, and she would share events with me. Well, so how did you have mutual friends? Where did y'all hang out together, know each other from? Where you had mutual friends? You don't know, or did you just ministry? Yeah. Ministry, okay. Yeah, and so here I am, went through a terrible divorce, had to get out of ministry, I thought, even though I didn't have to because, you know, 
it wasn't something that I did, but whatever, you know, it was time for me. And I'll never forget, I pulled up, she invited me to this service called 888, is that correct? And Miracle you, service at, yeah, August 8th, 2008. Yeah. Love it. And so I pull up in the parking lot. TBN is to the right. This huge church is to the left. And if you know me, I, I'm not too much into uh, <laughs> that type of, uh, you know, ministry's dirty, religion's clean to me. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a street, and I'm not too much into... Uh, that style of ministry. I was sitting there and there was a tree and it was covered by concrete. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. I want to serve you, but I feel like everything is closed in on me. I'm like, God, you got to give me a sign. You got to give me a sign that, you know, I'm supposed to do this thing for you again. About that time, my phone rings and it's Exodus. He was my boy. He's been with me. Ex has been with me now. I don't know how long, 18, 19 years, maybe longer than that. Longer than that, 30 years. Heck, golly, I'm getting old. <laughs> me and Exodus was at Jesus' last supper. No. So so he calls me. He's like, bro, what you doing? I'm like, hey, man, I'm fixing to get up and go in this church. You know, this girl had me to come in this church. And um, he's like, well, where you at? And I said, well, I'm right here in TBN's parking lot. He goes, well, fool, I'm right off of 183, too. I'll whoop in there, right? So he pulls up. So now Exodus is going in. And if you've ever seen me and you see Exodus, we're like, you know, <laughs> People be like, okay, man, they got to really love each other. You know what I mean? Because they look so different, you know. But uh, X is real tall, you know. I can sit on the curb and swing my feet. I'm short. So we go walking in there. The first person I meet is Pastor Tiz, which is like kind of not, you know, normally you wouldn't meet that. And she was like, hi, who are you? You know, and I'm like, I'm all good. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) She's like, oh, no, she's got you a spot down front. And I said, no, we're going to. We're going to go on upstairs, you know what I'm saying? We're getting a nosebleed. nosebleed. You know what I'm saying? And actually like, no, come on. I'm like, no, bro, you listen to me. You come here. Just just my deal, right? And so we go all the way up there to the top. And I don't even remember what he was preaching. I have no idea um, on any of that. But Exodus goes, who invited you? And I said, it's that blonde down there. And he goes, he goes you're going to marry her, dude. I'm like, fool, shut up. <laughs> I mean, Exodus said yeah, this? Oh, yeah. Exodus, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he's like, you're going to marry her. And I'm like, bro, there is no way. I, I'm like, that That was the, like, literally, that was the last thing that I was thinking about yeah, or looking yeah. for or whatever. And so Pastor Larry, that he was praying for all the pastors, praying for all the pastors yeah. for this miracle service. And so he invited all the pastors down. Well, Exodus kept hitting me. He's like, yo, pastor, go down there. Well, he goes, yo, pastor, cracker, go down there. <laughs> that, that's a whole nother story. But anyways, so he's nudging me, and I'm like, X, I ain't a pastor right now. I said, I'm just doing good to get up every day. You know what I mean? And he looked at me, and he had some tears in his eyes, and he said, uh, you've always been my pastor. Mm. And he pushed me. Mm. Now I'm in this cattle guard of all these pastors <laughs> getting pushed down this gully. <laughs> And I'll never forget, I'm up on this stage, and I'm, like, giving God everything, like, oh, my gosh, blah, 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 whatever. And he said, shut up and worship me. Mm. And I worshiped him. And the next thing I know, Larry is walking by, and he's touching all these people. And he's like, bless him, bless him, bless him. But he gets to me, and he stops. And he goes, oh. He goes, you need a sign? Wow. Bro, I started tripping. And he goes, favor of God. And he touches me. And the next thing I know, I see this blonde next to me, and I let her take over from here. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so you already you already knew each other. 
And you, but Cynthia, you invited him to this meeting, right? Yeah, well, right? we had never met. No, we, we were never just met. Oh, you never met? On, you were just... We were just, we just had mutual friends. Friends on MySpace, so, and you had mutual friends on, on MySpace. And that, and yeah, so. and he didn't have, like, it wasn't his Anthony Quarter page. No, it was his Club Smack page. So <laughs> I didn't really know who it was. There was a common denominator in all the pictures. Gotcha. So I was, you know, kind of seeing who this person was because I was... You know, I was the I was the single girl in church for ten years. You know, and so, uh, and I was an inviter. Man, my life I was a church girl, and I was an inviter, and I would invite people to church all the time. Yeah. You know, and so that was my that was my place to be. So, yeah. So um, I was working the front. I was the pastor on staff of that church. So I was okay. the recovery pastor. Now, isn't that oh, interesting wow. that they actually had a recovery pastor, yeah. and it happened to be a single chick. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty neat. And we had people, we had the parole office sending uh, felons there, yeah. wow. you know, getting their That's sheet signed. And, here, by the way. Right? You were court ordered? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so that next day after that, it was August 9th, 2008, I invited him out to lunch because I needed, or one of us, invi- I don't know, we ended up at lunch. I don't know who did the inviting. I was believing God for a band and for live music for our worship ministry, Overcomers. And um, this recovery ministry is what I have done from day one. For 20 years, every single week, I tell people I'm in a meeting because I'm leading it. You know, when you grab hold of purpose in your pain, when you grab hold Mm. of it, and you'll show up. And unfortunately, we'll let ourselves down, but we won't let other people down. And when we have a meeting on the books, guess what? Who's going to show up no matter what? And, you know, that might be why I'm celebrating 20 years clean and sober um, and serving Jesus hardcore, like full on uh, 100, 100 you know, miles an hour. And I tell people that too, you know, if you're looking to get connected, if you're marriage minded and wanting to be in a relationship with somebody who, how, you know, what is it? One, obviously don't be unequally yoked, right. but if you have a call on your life for ministry and a passion to serve God in full-time ministry, man, you show up, you look to the right, you yeah. look to the left and you run a mile, hundred miles an hour for the Lord. And as you're running, you look to the left and the right and whoever's running with you, guess what? Go have some coffee. Yeah, <laughs> right? so good, so good. So that's what we did. And um, after that, lunch was on Tuesday or Monday or whatever. It was the day after the yeah, it was service. a Monday because oh, we had our ministry on Tuesday. He showed up Tuesday with a full band, full equipment. Like I didn't know Anthony Quarter. I didn't know he had like all this. Like he was the sound guy. You know, I didn't even know he played guitar for like the first year or something that he was volunteering. But this man, I mean, he showed up all in like it was it was phenomenal. We've done recovery. We've done ministry together since day one. Wow. And, you know, we you know it was it was funny because I'll never forget, um, you know, because Club Smack was winding down because of everything that happened. Cynthia, she was like, hey, you know, I've gotten I said, all right, God, if you want me to help this girl, you know, she is fine. But if you want me to help her, <laughs> I said, you know, you're going to have to give me a sign. I'm a, I'm a burning bush kind yeah, of a guy. You yeah. know, I mean, you like your signs. Yeah, There's I like my signs. Like you know? signs. But I was like, okay, God, you know, you're giving me a sign. Well, here it is Monday afternoon after lunch, and there was a band called Radio Angel. Okay. They were at uh, Daystar 
and they were doing an actual show at Daystar. And they said, yo, what's up? And I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, man, we just need a gas stop. We was thinking maybe we could play Club Smack. And I'm like, bro, the Club Smack shut down. And I said, what day is it that you want to play? And they go, man, the only day we got is Tuesday. <laughs> and it was a Tuesday. That next Tuesday, here I show up with Radio Angel. Oh, Here's this band. Gosh. And Luke Huck, which is Pastor Larry. And then they're all like, man, who is this guy, you know, with this stuff? But it was funny. God showed up, and he did that thing that only he could pull together, you know. And then I got around, speaking of marriages, hey, guys, I, me and Cynthia, we did it. We, we was like, how long did we court? And we did it right like we had pastors. Like, I mean, I had to get around all the pastors, right? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I, was, I was like the daughter of the house. Yeah. You so, know? I mean, it was like. You know, all the big brothers was showing up. And even Pastor Larry, you know, all of a sudden, he called me to the office, and I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> it's going down. And he, and what he, are your intentions, young man? You no, know, yeah. no, and he, he did. You know, he sent me across that, and he said, I'm going to give you – put it this way. He put it very nicely, but he said, there's two things you're going to do. Either you love her and you're going to do her right, he goes, or you're going to go away, and you're going to go away real fast. <laughs> Wow, what a great spiritual father. <laughs> right? What a great spiritual so cool. father. Well, wow. uh, you didn't go away. Yeah. So no. how long, after that, how long, when did y'all get married? How long y'all been married? So we just turned 10. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, we just nice. turned 10. And, you know, we've, uh, we were youth pastors for a season. We've always done the recovery ministry. Yeah. Uh, and we came to uh, full-time prison ministry in... Um, 2012 that was at the harris county jail Mm -hmm. yeah so we yeah we came on staff i came on staff with mike barber ministries at harris county jail and i always knew that was the call of god in my life it was interesting though yeah being a little church girl because i was you know saved for 12 years at that point you know and so far removed from the scene in just my little plush church job but it just wasn't sitting right with me like i i was doing recovery ministry but i was I, I knew I was called back to county jail because that's where I've had my miracle. So that was a beautiful time uh, in Anthony. Actually, you know, getting married and having Anthony in my corner, like I had never had, he's got guts. Like he yeah. has got yeah. just, you know, a fire on him and just a boldness. And I never would have followed that dream had I not been married. Mm. I mean, he just gave me the courage to be able to do that. Wow. So I was able to, and it was scary. It was scary going back into that jail because that's a nasty place. Yes, (laughs) it is. Because it's one, it's like, what, the third largest jail in the nation, 10,000 inmates any given day, right? Only, uh, it's only smaller than LA County and Chicago. Yeah. And the thing about it is, I think it's like a third of all of Texas Department of Criminal Justice inmates come out of that jail. Yeah, it's something like that. So, so you know, they're not soft criminals. They're, they're, oh no, they're bad dudes in there, and and, and females. <laughs> it's it's no joke. And so I was like, what on earth? I was in there. I was a little church girl, and there's inmates walking around everywhere. Mm. I'm like, do these people have a hall pass? Like, what are they doing out of their cell? You know? And I'm just this little blonde girl, little church girl. And I was like, oh my god, I made a mistake. God, I don't know what I'm doing here because I was scared. It was fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a spirit of intimidation, a spirit right. of fear, trying to stop the call of God in my life. 
but I prayed, obviously, and I said, God, what did I make a mistake? Because that's what the enemy always wants to say. You're, you made a mistake. You are a mistake, whatever those, you know, just that fear tactic. And I prayed, and the Lord quickly corrected me. The power of the Holy Spirit said, Cynthia, did you come here for you, or did mm. you come here for me? Mm. And after that, I said, yes, sir, it mm. is on. Took and your on. rightful place in authority. I took my rightful yeah. place in authority, and I was there for such a time as this. Because, I, I, you know, I don't look like what I've been through. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We don't. There's like no smoke on us at all. Shadrach, Meshach, and <laughs> no. Abednego. Don't they had no smoke on yep. them. Yeah. So, you know, I nobody would know my story unless I told it to them, and I boldly would tell it. I would, sh I would share it. Like, I can't even volunteer at that jail because of my past right mm. so i was a i was a chaplain yeah, on staff that's crazy. with keys to that's one of the crazy. cell blocks <laughs> you know so i was just doing my thing and working and, and and creating a program in there and i was the lead female chaplain on the fourth floor with a thousand women and my dream team my volunteer dream team chapel workers three out of four of them were uh haven't been sentenced yet but we're looking at murder charges mm. capital murder charges wow. so but they were, you know, they all have their different story. They all yeah. had whatever, but they were children and daughters of a king, you know. And so regardless of what was happening, that just what was hanging over their right. their life right. was was intense. But they were serving God, serving God. And, you know, I still I still see them when I go to get, you know, when I go to Gatesville or you know, minister in TDCJ. I still see him. I get letters, you know, and that was a beautiful time. But at that time, you know, uh, Anthony and I were just plugging along. We're here in Houston. He started a, his company and we were just learning to navigate being newlyweds. Right. You know, what does that look like? I mean, how do we find our place getting plugged into another church? We had only known that one church. That was our family. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff going on there. And especially if you're like, maybe you're listening to this and you're in, newly married or newly in ministry together as a couple, listen, you have got to have each other's backs no yeah. matter because, what. Because, you know, before you were a Harris County chaplain, uh, y'all took a leap of faith to mm -hmm. move from Dallas yeah. to there to Well, do that. JDM, that's because I got the Holy Ghost and I got Cynthia Ghost. <laughs> you know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> no, but, but it is, you know, and that's what a lot of times in ministry, there's been times where I lay down everything, which I would always lay down for my wife, but there's times that I lay down to see her blossom in her ministry. Right. And yeah. just like right now, there's a season that she's kind of doing that for me. Right. And... And, and, you know, and it's a push and pull kind of a thing, but you got to be in sync together and know, because here's the deal, you know, a lot of people say, you know, women, they, they won't submit to a man. Well, that's right, because they can't submit to a parked car. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. They can't, because you know what, if you're submitting to Jesus, and Jesus is the head of your life, there's no one that has a problem submitting to that. And I think a lot of times in marriages, and not that I'm speaking like I got it right by any means but what I'm saying is is we strive together to be one unit to be one team and and to be a unit for God and yeah. if he tells us to go tomorrow there's nothing more fun than living on the edge with Christ amen I mean there's nothing better because you know what your your day's not planned tomorrow that's right. Yeah. So why should your ministry be? Yeah. So you good. know, we have people out there right now in these streets right behind this church that need Jesus. And hopefully as a team, you know, we can do that. We can reach them people. You are. And, you and, are. And, but 
also, you know, we, we I mean, it's been a, a while since us, I'm, I'm ready to get back in the prison. I know you yeah, are, Jay me Dan. Too. I, know. I mean, we, we, you know, that I runs in our blood. I mean, we, I was just thinking that the other day and, and all the great times that we've had, you know, in the prison ministry. I think that right now I look at these kids in the streets and the young adults in these streets and I'm like, man, I don't want to see them at the big house, Jay Dan. Yeah. Jay Dan, we—I mean, we—we got to catch them before they go. The you want to take them in to minister with you, not go into ministry Come to on. them. You know, and and, yeah. and that's really it. You know, and so you know that's our heart and that's our yeah. heartbeat. And okay, so when when you weren't working Harris County Jail anymore, you became a personal trainer. I watched that journey mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool, and I love how you correlate physical fitness and spiritual fitness together. I love that. You also uh, went through the journey of getting your realtor's license. You know, during the middle of that is when you made a trip down to Forgiven Felons. Mm-hmm. Or you, you were already in Dallas, and you just said, yeah. hey, I want to talk to you because I have, I have something going on. I want to, I want to yeah. run it by you and yeah. have you pray with me. And, and, and thank you for doing that, even, even trusting yeah. me with what you were doing. But it was to, you were going to open up a, a, a girl's home. Yeah. And uh, and so talk a little bit about that. That's been, what, several years now, right? Three years? How many uh, years have you yeah. had? Yeah, so October will be three years. Okay. Yeah, so such fruit, just such success, too, because it's hard to get these. Oh, it's know. hard to get these houses going. So, so yeah, and everything that we go through in our life, Jadan, everything we learn along the journey we use for such a time as this. There was a prophecy on my life in 2004 that I would have a house. Don't think small, think big, because it's a gift from the Lord for wow. being a servant. I know, wow. I just watched that testimony. I just watched it with her today. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was insane, that amazing? Bro. It's insane. Yeah, it oh. was insane. Yeah, and so I stood on that, and I would, I would, you know, you know how when you get a word, you just put it, like I put it on my mirror, I transcribed it, I spoke it over my life every day, and um, I didn't realize it was going to be a women's home. Obviously, I thought it was going to be a nice big fat house for me and my man, <laughs> you know, but I can do that on my own, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Not just stuff we can't do on our own. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I used all of that stuff. So when I was in jail, I got, I found a spirit of gluttony got on me, and so that personal training journey really helped me. And that personal training journey, I met my friend, my dear friend. I was a trainer here in the island, right? She's a broker, a real estate broker. So she hired me, and she also, I mean, her family has addiction. Her son's going through it. She has a passion. She didn't know how to do it, but she had the the, the means, the financial means to do it. So we became ministry wow, partners. Wow, wow. I know. So everything we go through, like God will use the spirit of a, a gluttony and food addiction on my life as I mean, when we say yes to God, don't limit what yeah. he wants to use yeah. in our life. Yeah. So in October 2018, um, I had a little chunk of money. My my Judy, my mom who raised me, she is an amazing woman of God. She left us an inheritance. And uh, so I had a little chunk of money that I was able to open up this women's home. And I named it Judy's house after oh. my late mom. Because my mom, Judy, she didn't believe in, you know, obviously on my nonsense. But she always believed in me. Yeah. She knew I was going to get out of it. She knew it. And so it just makes you want to cry, too, even thinking about that. So I opened yeah, up cause this Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of parents that don't see the potential in their kids and they speak other things over them. Yeah. 
And yeah. and so for, for you to have a mom that stepped in yeah. a long time ago and raised you and believed these things and kept it. And yeah, she's a lot like Anthony, actually, in my life. Like, he believes in me. He believes in me. There's a lot of mess that I got, and he don't like it, I'm sure, you know. But <laughs> no matter what, that man has my back. And yeah. he had to teach me that because I didn't really understand that part of it. Right. Like, you know, I was ready to put everything before, like, ministry, even before my marriage, until the Holy Spirit had to knock me upside the head and say, listen, that man is is your person. Right. Like, he's your person. So so now we got that. And, and so we're running this home. We had... I have six women in there right now, and it's uh, it's you know rocking and rolling, and that's where I'm I'm going. And as a matter of fact, you're here in town right now, and I'm looking at, at buying another one. Hmm. You know, because wow. it's a lot of work to run these houses, it and really so I'm is. like, all right, J Dan, I want you to come over here and take a look at this because <laughs> I will. I'm excited. We're we're opening another one, and now I'm a realtor, and I'm able to kind of see the the realist the the other side of it. You know, it's it's very it's it's. It's, uh, there's a lot of moving parts to it, but we're seeing tremendous success. We're seeing pe- women who are not going to prison because they are yeah, in yeah, our yeah, home. Yeah. They are in drug court, and it goes a very, very long way when they know they are in our program. Wait, it's, when you say drug court, so, there's, so you connected with the, the courts and people that are in drug court are being assigned to your... Yeah, so we're not uh, officially, but we are one, like one of our first house, our first woman who came through our house, she was in drug court. She. So they're already in drug court and they're hearing about you and they're trying to get help. Okay. Yeah. And so they, you know, they. uh, Drug court's hard. Drug court, it's a miracle. Like I was the first drug court candidate in 20, in in 2000. Like it wasn't even called drug court yet, but you had to check in every day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nerve wracking. And if you're messing around, they're going to lock you up. So. We have a girl in our, in our program right now, and it, I mean, she's she is going to go to prison if she doesn't get it this time, and so it's very motivating, you know. But regardless, it doesn't stop. People. So tell us about Judy's house. Like, what do y'all do? What's the program like? What's uh, where where do you get where do you get your women uh, if somebody's yeah. listening and they're thinking they may need to consider sure. something like that what what is the criteria can they you know we'll, we'll put the website on uh on the show note page so people okay. can get it but just tell us a little bit about you know what life in the day of judy's house okay so the ministry is called recoverychick.com and that's where they can apply it's for women uh adult w- women who have a lot of uh willingness who want it and not who just need it So they're going to make some decisions. We have a full schedule Monday through Friday. We start out at 7 a.m. And uh, I'm there Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But we have other volunteers coming on Tuesday and Thursday. So I am there like all in doing touch points with them eight times a week. I have a group or something with them. Because okay. they're not going to be discipled on their own. And so the program like starts out, they're, they're, they don't work, they're, they're there? They don't work for the first two weeks. Okay. Now, if they ha- have a job, they can get a job. We're, we're the step after treatment. We're the step after gotcha. prison. We're the ones for women who have a lot a lot of efficacy is what we right. call it. You right. know? So right. they've right. got some high skills where they're able to take care of themselves. Gotcha. Right. It could be if they do have disability, but they have to pay their own way. Right. They, we, have, we have had it where we where we sponsored them and it didn't turn out too well. Mm -hmm. So they have got to have some skin in the game. So they have got to pay their way or they have to have some kind of support. Right. And so after the first couple of weeks, if they have a car, if they have a license, obviously an insurance, they can drive their car. If they, but they are going to use the Bible as a textbook. We are a Christ centered faith based program. We use 
the woman, the word of God um, as a That's your you main, know, curriculum. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right. And so Monday through Friday, there's meetings. There's a lot of, there's, you know, we go to a church uh, all together on Wednesday nights and on Sundays, and they volunteer at the church. We're, we're here at the R, uh, supporting Anthony's ministry, um, bringing uh, whatever we can. It, yeah, we're yeah, opening yeah. it up. Yeah. So it's a real neat community. So uh, they're on a spiritual journey, but you also yeah. get them serving as well, because mm-hmm. you know that's important. If you're going to, oh, if you don't, if you don't give back, you're going to go back. That's what I tell our guys. If you yeah. don't, if you don't learn to give back yeah you're gonna you're gonna our core values uh forgiving felons are taken from the word felons Uh, forgive educate love overcome new new life new heart new everything and then that last s is serve serve because if you don't give back you don't find a way to give back and i tell them there's i give them the picture of you need to always reach forward and up and grab onto somebody who's been there doing it longer than you have and better than you are and learn from them. Don't ever let go. Yeah. But at some point, when they pull you off rock bottom, you look back yeah. and you find somebody that is where you used to be, and you yeah. reach your hand back, and and that's the giving back part. Yeah. And this is the educate part. So this good. is the and as long as you don't let go, as soon as we let go of one of those two, like I got this, I don't need help anymore. I got this. Right. You're in trouble. As soon yeah. as we like, you can help yourself. As soon as we let go of either one of those. We lose track. We lose track of what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I say it all so, the time. Reach up to learn, reach back to help. So good. I love that. Yeah. That says so. it a little better than I usually say it. I'm going to steal that, okay? Because <laughs> that's what felons do. We right? steal. Come on. So, Rip uh, off and duplicate. R&D. Okay, the R. Anthony, tell us about the R. Well, the R is something that I've been really waiting for about three years and uh, I knew that it was going to happen, um, and here it is. <laughs> you know, and the R is nothing more than a move of God, and we are looking for the next Billy Graham. We're looking for the next Martin Luther King. Yeah. There's one of these young kids out there that we can find, and we can disciple, and we can make them. We need a change. Yeah. We need a change in our country. We need a change in our youth. We need a change in something because what we've been doing, the church, yeah. we ain't doing it We right. need a change. Yeah. The church needs and, a and change. And that's what I mean. Yeah. We, yes, yeah. we, you know, me. And so the R is not a person's microphone. It's not anything but a movement. But we're using, if Jesus was to walk today, I think Jesus was such a cool cat that he would have his iPods in. (laughs) <laughs> and he would have an iPhone, not an Android. That's right. Amen. Preach. I mean, you know, and he no, and he would he would be pursuing and listening to what these kids are listening to. He would be in their mess and he would be in their achievements and he would be everywhere and he would be, you know, rooting on the churches to say, Hey, come and let's let's do this because he knows and we know that we're only a generation away from us being extinct. I yeah. mean that, yeah, and, exactly. and, and, and and so we have to as that maybe older wineskin you might call it that we're kind of set in our ways to say hey can we pass this baton but the problem is is most of the christians are too afraid to pass it because they want to make it about them and so we got to find these young people that we can pass this baton to and we can sit back and we can watch god show off and so we're doing that the r we're doing that through music and through letting people share the most powerful thing on this earth is a testimony yeah so good because you know what we can have pastors and people that come alongside of us that can disciple these kids that can preach to these kids 
But right now, we have 6%, I think. It might be higher or lower, but uh, I think it's somewhere around that, the kids that even go to church on the island. Hmm. Um, and that's probably, I mean, even if we used to look at the overall in America, it's probably pretty low. Yeah. And so what can we do as the body of Christ to sow seeds of these of into these kids' life? Because if we sow seeds into their life, they will return, come, and sow seeds into us. And so I truly believe that this next move of God is going to become through the youth. And I think that it's going to fill the churches all around America. Because you have kids, right, J. Dan? Yes, sir. And if they wanted to go to church, would that not make you feel so amazing? Would that not make you be like, hey, my kids want to go to church. Where y'all want to go? I'll take you. We'll get. I mean, we literally have youth groups driving right now an hour and a half to two hours mm. just to bring their kids to come tonight. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that I mean, could you imagine if you if your kid said, Dad, we want you to go to the R. Oh, I'm feeling something prophetic here, bro. No, <laughs> hey, on with it. no, hey, we're wanting to drive from Dallas to Galveston, Texas, because something's going on there. There's a move of God going on there. I mean, that would be a cool trip. Yeah. You know, and so that's all we're really doing is, uh, you know, we're trying to find that kid that uh, someone might want to get up and tree and listen to him preach. <laughs> someone that good you know what i'm saying because yeah, yeah, there yeah. was only one brother that yeah. ever got something yeah. like that you know but no that's what we're looking for we're looking for that we're we're setting up a men's discipleship but it's going to be a youth discipleship home i know and so i'm leaning on you two guys because i'm looking at the two that's got judy's <laughs> house and forgiving felons and and uh that's coming down we're looking at y'all being prayer force we're looking at houses next week uh, this coming up week, so uh, we got some amazing guys that are going to come down and do street evangelism and do uh, discipleship, and so, man, I don't know where God's going with it, but he does, and where God guides, God provides, and he's always done that for us, and so, man, that's about all I really have to say, because, you know, when you say the <laughs> R, I don't really know. It's it's a it's a movement. It, yeah. It's a movement, and, and it's and, geared and, towards and the And you can watch that online, streaming online Absolutely. as well. Yeah, you can go to www.thear.tv or you can go to www.crunkchurch.com. Crunk, that is C-R-U-N-K, crunk. It means excited, to get excited. I love that. Full of bass. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right, I'm I'm asking the married couple right now. What would you say to a, a younger couple that is trying to navigate their way through ministry and making a living and all the ups and downs and fights and arguments there are due to finances and different things and you know that are really just trying to find their way you know what, what do we do lord do we do this because we got a pair of bills do we do this do we need to take a step out leap of faith what would you what would you say to that young couple you know that maybe uh, are kind of like a younger version of y'all what would you say to them well first thing i would encourage you to do is get plugged into your local church Amen. And just have somebody that's your home base, people who believe in you, who love in you, love on you, and that you can be gut level honest with. That's good. That you can let them speak into your life, and you're gonna, you know, take down the mask. Especially if you're in ministry, you gotta get somebody who you can really just be yeah. people with. Yeah. And and realize, uh, just take it easy, man, because there's seasons in life. You don't have to have everything all right now. Yeah. Like there's gonna be seasons when you're raising your kids. There's gonna be seasons when one of you is one in one minute 
ministry and the other one's going to grind it out at work. There's going to be seasons when you're both grinding it out. You hardly even see each other. So just chill out, take it easy and come to home base Sunday morning, go to church together. So good. You know, that's it. Just don't overthink it. So good. And, and listen, don't put your marriage on the altar of any kind of ministry. Oh man. So good. Put your marriage first because you know, at the end of the day, um, there's got to be, you know, just home. There's because yeah. here's the tricky thing about that is every church says, "Oh, we're family, we're family." Even work will say, "Oh, we're the family, we're like family, we're like." Listen, when all hell breaks loose and it's COVID and it's only you, it's just you and your family. So you had better nurture your real family. Yep. So you know, good. you do, you so do, good. because there is a lot of like family. But at the end of the day, they've got them. And if you're single, listen, that's where you find your tribe and you get connected with some other like-minded people and yeah. serve the Lord. That's when Jesus is your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when Jesus is your family and you and your church can be your family then. Amen? Yeah, amen. Amen. So good. And God's got somebody for y'all. If you want to get married, listen, don't compromise because it's, it's not worth it. Just stay single. <laughs> amen. <Yeah>. Amen. <laughs> Don't go find a Jesus man. Go find Jesus, and he'll bring you a man, right? Come on, baby. There you go. For me, I think the biggest thing is not about who's right. It's about what's right. And if you're in tune with God and you're both listening to God, you will be able to understand what is you wanting to push your agenda or if it's God's will and purpose for your life. So it's not about who's right, but it's about what's right. The second thing is, is me and Cynthia, we do something kind of funny we write on the mirror every morning i love you because that's really hard for a guy (laughs) it's really hard for a guy because you got to think of something every day of why you love her but you know what it's just like god we start our day off with god right we'll start your day off with that bride and write on that mirror why it is that you serve her and why it is that you love her every single day and when you do that, it, it, it makes you think of why you're getting up and working hard, why yeah. you're getting up and serving hard, why you're doing all those things is because he said to treat her like the church. And yep. so we have to be really, but that's just, you know, something there that uh, I think that, and have fun. Don't yeah. quit dating. Have date nights. So you got to have date night, so man. Good. You know what I mean? got to, you know, because that's what happens a lot of times. People, you know, we, we stop having date night and, uh. And that's something that, you know, even us, we, because we're busy, you know, we're both going 100 miles an hour, but, but that's, that's pretty much it. And uh, date night is one of the, one of the best investments you can continue to make in your marriage, I believe. Absolutely. And because the returns on that, you know, you always want a return on an investment you make. And date night is just an investment into each other, into each other on a regular basis that brings returns forever. Yeah, and we have so. a little piggy bank on our dresser, you know, that says date night fund, and so we'll just put some money in there, you know, just just to have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. But you know, I mean, just uh, to wrap this up, and everybody says, how did Anthony and how did Cynthia stay clean? You know, me since 1992, and your clean date. How long? How many years now, babe? Twenty, right? Twenty February fourth. Twenty years. Nights and weekends. And I'll (laughs) say, yeah. (laughs) Clean and sober. I'll say this: ministry is what kept us clean. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Ministry kept us clean, and uh, and you know, get get that accountability in your life, and get those good people around you that can speak into your life. And uh, I like to tell people, 
I still get drunk. I just switch bartenders. Come on now. We were meant to be addicted to something. Drunk in the Holy Ghost. And so, so you just got to find the right addiction. You know what I mean? And I want to thank you guys uh, for being here um, and for coming on the show. We, we're going to put everything that you want people to link up with on the show notes, whether it's uh, links to the R, whether it's links to realtor, personal training, anybody that's yeah. anything you want, social media accounts that you would love people to follow you or whatever. Uh, we're going to put all that in the show notes. And um, But thank you for sharing, for being open and, and vulnerable and transparent and uh, just excited about what Jesus has done in your life. I'm humbled to be here to, to have you guys share your story once again. And I know it's going to touch so many people. And so thank you again for just being, having God number one in your life, each other number two, and others uh, out there as well to serve others. So thank you guys so much for what you do. Absolutely. Thank you for your sobriety, but thank you for your spirituality, your relationship with Jesus. You're an inspiration to me. You always have been. And just keep going. Thanks again. Once again, you're a blessing, and we're out of here. We're out of here. Wow. Two of the most powerful comeback testimonies I've ever heard in my life. You know, I've known these two, I guess it was right about the time I was really going into Mike Barber Ministries strong. And then all of a sudden I see the sound man. And then all of a sudden I hear his wife come in and share her story. And I'm telling you, man, even through their move to Houston, we stayed connected, stayed close. But I'm just telling you, man, that they're an example, a perfect example of making sure you don't ever give up on yourself. Don't give up on people that you're praying for, people that you're trying to reach. Don't knock the Holy Spirit when he's trying to talk to you. You know, Anthony said he's been speaking to me a lot, but I, I didn't listen to him that night. Those two voices that Anthony was talking about, one says go, one says don't go. Man, you got to understand, there's good voices, Holy Spirit, God, people speaking uh, to you from God, from the Holy Spirit, but then also the devil and his demons and anyone of your worldly friends that he wants to use, they're speaking to you as well. And they have things that they want to speak over you and try to get you to steer you in the path of destruction, God is always going to steer you in the path of construction. And I tell you, man, the recovery story of, of Cynthia is, is near and dear to me because I have my own recovery story from alcohol. Anthony's story is incredible as well. And like I said, they're a legit kingdom power couple. And they are bringing in the big fish. They are healing hurts, wounds. I mean, together, they I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. When I went down there to the R to speak, worship, the, the music that was there, the ministry that took place was just incredible. I mean, even after the event was over and everybody was already eating, there was ministry still taking place in the parking lot to homeless people that were just walking by. It's incredible. But these two were in, in a dark place. And if God can shine his light in their dark place, he can shine it in yours. So no matter how deep you are in addiction, no matter how far off into the world that you are, God can bring you back. Today's the day. Come on back. 
listen, if you know somebody, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't have an addiction problem, I don't have any any of that, but you know somebody who could use their story to be encouraged by their story, send this to them. Refer them to this podcast and this episode because I'm telling you, no, no matter how far you've gone, no matter what you've done, God still has a plan for your life. It doesn't go away when you make bad choices. And you're just one choice away from a different direction. One decision can change your whole direction in life, good or bad. I'm telling you, go visit recoverychick.com. Go visit, listen, come to the show notes on the show page. Forgivenfelons.org slash background check is where the episode is. You can hear it on our website, the show page, and it has all their links, their face, there's all their social media, their websites. If you want to buy a home in the Galveston area, check them out as well. Texas Property Chicks. If you want a guided fishing trip with some flounder and some other stuff, look up Hook South. I'm telling you, man, these this couple is amazing. Is They're just amazing. So thanks again for listening to this episode. Let's pray real quick over Cynthia and Anthony. Jesus, thank you so much for showing up in Anthony and Cynthia's life in a big way. The devil almost had them, but you came in and said, no, not today. And not only did, did you not let the devil have them, but you merged their lives and their stories and their testimonies together for multiplication. So thank you for their lives. Thank you for the R, their ministry together. Thank you for Texas Property Chicks, Recovery Chick Fitness, all the things, Hook South, all the things they do to minister to your through your kingdom. I ask you to let them thrive, be blessed, be fruitful, multiply, give them everything they need. Give them everything they need in their businesses, in their ministry, to serve you, to serve each other, and to serve others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again. Next week, listen, if you want to look up our guest, his name is Titan Gilroy. He has a TV show called uh, Titans of CNC. Uh, he also went and uh, put a CNC academy in San Quentin Prison. He gives away free courses. Uh, this guy's just got an amazing testimony as well. He was sentenced to 16 years in prison. Only did three. He's going to be on next week's episode. So go to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the website. If you listen on Apple, please rate us and review us. Okay? That helps us uh, get more exposure. Uh, we, we thank you for listening to Background Check Podcast. We thank you for sharing it with everybody. It's growing like crazy, and it's all because of you and Jesus. So keep doing it. All right? We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast. Brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.